This episode of Behind the Break is brought to you today by Able Ammo, where they shoot all they can and sell the rest. If you're in the market for a new shotgun, shells, or shooting apparel, make sure to check them out in Huntsville, Texas, or online at ableammo.com. Drinks at the bar and you're both getting loaded. You don't even notice the danger you're in because you're so caught up in the moment. Shoots you a smile, cuts through the smoke, hits you before you... All right, we're here on Behind the Break. I'm Justin Barker. We've got Kevin DeMichael, Alex Clark, and special guest in the studio today, Desi Edmonds. Hey, everybody. The, the one, the only. The, How are you doing, the Desi? superstar. I'm doing pretty good. Good. Uh, just rolled in here to the studio. Been in the car for about 12 hours, so we're uh, fresh off the road. Where are you coming from? Well, uh, we recently just shot the Northeast Regional at M&M up in New Jersey. That was a pretty fantastic shoot, despite the weather. And then uh, Memorial Day weekend, this last weekend, we decided to take a little hiatus and uh, went down to Chincoteague Island and spent, uh, spent some days on the boat and on the beach there. So you didn't catch any fish? It's okay. You're in Georgia now. We'll show you how to do that. Well, I, I don't want to ruin my fishing reputation oh, because everybody knows uh, I'm, that's right. you know, that's true, last queen time you were, of fishing there. Last so. time you were here, you caught a bigger yeah, fish. Yeah, I found out me and the flounder just don't get along real well. Did, right. Did right. Zach get sick? <laughs> well, uh, no, Zach did not get sick. We, because he didn't get on the boat? We, no, he, we, oh. he, yes, we got him on the boat twice, actually. We, uh, we definitely stayed inshore for that trip. Did he wear the arm floaties that he normally wears? No arm floaties. No? Okay. All right. We're I getting there. somewhere. I was All on right, the well, boat with him there. That's so. good. I'm glad you know. he, he's graduated from the Dora arm floaties. I'm the same way, Zach. <laughs> I'm the same way. I don't wear. You got to have, have about eight floaties. <laughs> Really? Well, I'm sorry. That's great. I'm my bad. <laughs> All right. So we're going to ask some questions. Um, Desi, uh, so you grew up in Alaska. Uh, how do you end up a pro shooter coming from Alaska? That's, That's a real good question, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not real sure how that happened. <laughs> it just kind of evolved. Um, yeah. Born in Anchorage, Alaska. Born and raised there. Uh, it's kind of a, a bizarre story. I actually uh, played a lot of sports in high school, and I was riding horses at the time. And one of uh, the girlfriends at the bar, one of my girlfriends at the barn there, uh, her brother shot sporting clays. And up in Alaska, they have a great fishing game program. And they had just started a new uh, youth program to get kids interested in just shotgun shooting. And she wanted to go give it a try. So she uh, gave me a call one day and said, hey, you know, my brother shoots these clay targets and I really want to go give it a try. Will you come with me? And I thought, well, I've never shot a gun before in my life. I'm not sure how this is going to go. But yeah, I'll give it a try. Uh, so we went down there, and unfortunately, the league that we learn in is in the winter. <laughs> so as you can imagine, up in Alaska, it's real cold. Uh, so we got our snow gear on and went out there, and they've got two little five stands set up, and they taught us everything from basics, how to put the gun together, how, which end the shell comes out of, which end the shell goes in, um, as new as you can get. That's how I started shooting a shotgun. That's cool. What, um, what gun did you first start shooting? It was an automatic, Brett automatic back then. It was 391. Yeah. Um, and then uh, actually for several years, uh, one of the coaches out there had a Browning 28 gauge over under. Okay. And I fell in love with that 28 gauge. It's still to this day my favorite gauge. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Good. It's kind of a sexy gauge. I like it. Oh, yeah. Tell, let's, <laughs> let's talk about the sexy gauge. I've never, I've shot one once. What, I think 28? Four, yeah. I think a 410 is. Sexy. No, no, 410 no. is frustrating. Four, 410 is the most frustrating yes. thing you ever did in your life. Just yeah. imagine Terrible. the size of a pencil trying to 
throw a pencil at a clay target and break it. <clears throat> Let's ask you some questions that everybody else asks or everybody's wanting to know. Shot size. Shell, shot size, mm-hmm. and, you know, what do you use? Um, I'm very recoil sensitive, so I've always shot a one ounce. I've never even really thought about venturing into the ounce and eighth loads in the sporting world. Um, I shoot a one ounce, 1250 currently, 1250 feet per second. Uh, Bernagi, Star, and I shoot both seven and a halfs and eights. When do you shoot seven and a halfs? When do you shoot eights? I apply seven and a half and eights mostly based off of profile of the target rather than distance. So if the target is showing me a lot of profile, belly, um, or dome, I'm going to shoot an eight. If it's showing me a lot of edge um, or sometimes dome, always a rabbit, I'll shoot a seven and a half. All right. And you shoot for Beretta? Yes. Yes. Tell us about that a little bit. I've shot for Beretta for four years now. Uh, I have shot the DT11. I shoot the DT11L. Um, that's what I jumped right into when I first got it. And that gun is amazing. It's a workhorse. I've never had a problem with it. Um, I got a custom stock on it. But other than that, it is standard DT11. DT11. Yep. It's the gun of choice, right? Now you got to ask her who the most influential shooter on her life is. Who is that? I wonder. Uh, yeah. I wonder. I think we could figure let's, that let's one out. Let's think. Hmm. Who's the most influential on my shooting career? Yeah. Who is? Who do I look? You know. No, 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 no. I know you look up to me. I'm talking about. Oh, well, I'm talking about. Yeah, I am only five foot four, Kevin. <laughs> I'm talking about most influential shooter that that has helped your shooting career. Yeah, that would definitely, as you can all guess, that would be my significant other, Zachary Keenbaum. I taught him everything I know, but yes, he has definitely influenced me the most in my shooting career. Even yeah. before you met him. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got a couple shoots coming up, uh, small ones. We got the uh, – well, I'm going to the uh, Night Stalker in Tennessee. You going, Desi? Yeah, that's uh, – I'm kind of excited about that. That's going to be a big money shoot. Yeah, big money shoot, brand new club, new scenery. That's always a good thing to people that shoot a lot. Uh, then I'll have the uh, George State. I think Zach's coming from that, and you're gonna stay yeah, at, stay I'm at home and make all the money. Yeah, do the wifely duties. Yeah, do the wifely. And okay. Dishes and all stuff right. Like that, you know? So then let's talk about the big deal. We're going overseas for like a month, like 25 yeah. days, going to shoot the World English and the World Fetas. Going to be awesome. So you've won the World English a couple times, huh? Yes, I actually have won the World English twice. Um, Pretty both awesome. times were here in the U.S. though. Oh, okay. So I kind of have a little chip on my shoulder chip on about sh- about winning one overseas. Yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, since, since you've mastered the the sporting. Let's talk about that Fetas a little bit. Um, how do you feel about going into this Fetas event? Well, I love Fetas. First, that's my favorite event. Um, unfortunately, it's not always my best event. Right, right. So I, uh, I definitely have a lot of preparations I need to do between now and when we leave. Um, I'm always excited for World Fee Task. It's in a different spot every year. Um, and overseas, traveling for that shoot is a completely different animal. Well, I think the most important thing with that is you have to have uh, a very experienced driver. Is that what I hear? Well, yeah. So yeah. I know that guy. Yeah, you know, and th- my first driver that I got over there while we were in England, which, as most of you know, is the wrong side of the road, um, <laughs> and that didn't that didn't go too well. But we we figured it out. We we still haven't mastered the roundabouts yet. But no. Kevin Kevin is learning learning the, the wrong side of the road no. driving thing. I've got it. You know, just 
you know, I've got everything but the small children figured out. You, well, know, you might run over a couple. We of we just figured if we keep our expectations low, just make sure we don't <laughs> kill anybody and we don't crash, yep. we have succeeded on that. But all right, yeah, the two cool. overseas shoots, um, France will be in the north of France for World Fee Task, and I haven't won that one yet. That is definitely at the top of my bucket list, and it's actually one of my number one goal for the year. Um, is taking that gold home from World Fee Task. I've in the past I have actually taken fifth five years in a row now at okay. World Fee Task. I know that spot. I've been so, there the last two years. Yes, yep. I can't seem to get past that spot mm. and uh I'm gonna definitely work hard at it and try my best this year. Well well cool, cool. I, in my opinion the uh World Fee Task is the shoot of the year. It's uh it's just it's just got an aura about it. It's it's awesome. I love that shoot. All right, I got a question shoot all right a lot of people probably wonder how do you qualify for team usa how do you how are you able to get on the team yep. what do you have to do etc cetera, etc cetera. oh okay um team usa has definitely evolved over the years and the qualification process has become an endurance race um it is based off of our five regionals, our US Open, and our nationals. So for World Fee Task, um, you must take a 200 bird Fee Task event. That would include the National Fee Task, the North American Fee Task, or the US Grand Prix. You must take a score from one of those 200 bird shoots. You also must take the US Open and or the nationals. So. Qualifying for Team USA Fee Task is a little, in my opinion, uh, more difficult because you have a little more restriction on which scores you can take. Um, overall, you take your best four scores, and they'll divide those into basically, it's not an average, but a percentage. Um, and they take, for all of your concurrent teams, they take four, that would be three on the team and one alternate and they'll take five for the open category. So for the juniors, there's no sub-junior co uh, concurrent in fee task. It's, they're all lumped together. Um, ladies, veterans, super veterans, and they have another class that they've just added, super senior veterans. But there are only four spots that you're vying for, everyone out of the country. So yeah, it's pretty tough, pretty tough. It, uh, it definitely is an endurance race, like I said. Um, you can shoot really well at your 200 birder event. Um, and then this year, for example, we had an early 200 birder. That was our first major shoot of the year. That was the um, pre-golf cup yep. and the U.S. Grand Prix. Mm -hmm. And then our second major shoot of the year this year was our U.S. Open, which is not historically how it goes. Our U.S. Open is usually third, fourth in the year. So you kind of have time to gear up and prep for it a little bit. And this year it was thrown right into the mix early on in the year. So if you hadn't practiced for a lot of those people who live up in the northern states, like I used to myself, it's hard to feel ready and prepared for that shoot right away. And those are two shoots that you um, that are required. They're requirements for making the team. So if you this year if you didn't come out of the gate strong, you got a lot of making up to do. Right. I guess I'm out of the race then. No, you still got time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you can win the nationals and the next few regionals, and I think you're there. Oh, uh, got it. No problem. Taurus wins the race, right? Yeah, Taurus <laughs> wins the race. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about coaching. Okay. All right. You coach. You're a coach. I do. I teach. Teach. 
teach coach yeah I, I, I don't like to use the term coach um, only because at the end of the day I'm providing you information and what you do with it is you know on you. Yeah, I, I, I don't really like the term coach. I'm so this this is something you may not be able to be able to answer. But would you prefer to coach women? I'm sure have a, a problem going to a, a, a guy that they don't okay. know to coach. Am I right? Uh, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. The okay. What I found with um, my instruction, kind of um, at the moment, my largest market of instruction is definitely the ladies and the kids. One reason being uh, the largest market, the largest growing market in shooting sports right now is women. So a lot of women uh, come out and they need an instructor for their first time and it's intimidating for them. Right. It's not that That's maybe they don't mean. feel comfortable with a man or, uh, or uncomfortable or, you know, they don't get the information as well. That, that, that doesn't seem to be as much of a problem, but it can be an intimidating experience. And I think being a female... Yes, they do feel maybe a little more at ease, um, and they just kind of take the information in a little bit uh, more gently, I would say. So where are you going next to instruct? Oh, let me think about the schedule here. Sometimes I wake up and I can't remember where I'm at or what day it is. We will leave here, and we'll go back to Houston, and we actually have the Texas State shoot this coming weekend. Oh, do you? Um, yes. We Zach, will. you want to try to get some more points? <laughs> Good. Yeah. Texas State. It's actually going to be out in San Angelo this year, so uh, I won't be doing any teaching this weekend, but next week I'll be teaching in Houston a little bit, trying to trying to get some of my local clients there and before we head out, out again. So Southeast Regionals, when that comes up, are you and Zach both going to be there? And are you all coaching after? Or, excuse me, instructing after? Yes. Yes, we will both be at the Southeast Regional. That will be at Forest City Gun Club. A great gun club. Actually, I uh, had just – my first time there was earlier this year and we've taught there three times already um and it's been great we've had great reviews uh great lessons and yes we will be teaching after the southeast regional there so alex has he, he went somewhere the other day and i think desi knows about it <laughs> yeah you know about it desi yeah i might have heard a yeah. little where, where did you go alex i went and got a pedicure oh, it was <laughs> 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 Really? Hey, you want to take your shooting to the next level? <laughs> yeah. I don't need but one bird. Hey, you know, us shooters, we're standing on our feet all day. you got to be comfortable. Okay. All right, I'm down. Let's go tomorrow. Yeah, I heard I heard you were already booked. Am I? Yes. Okay. That's what all your right. wife said. Okay. All right. Uh -oh. Well, I'm in. Let's go. Well, I'll, I'll tell anybody to listen to this. If you want, if you've never got one and you want to pick up three birds... <laughs> <laughs> that's where you need to go yes get you a pedicure get the full deal now don't get, the get hot it rocks, the hot towel yes don't get it so don't get a custom stock made go get a pedicure yeah well, that's cheaper you don't yeah. have to get the polish i just don't know about that red color you picked it's weird <laughs> that's candy apple oh is that candy apple okay yeah, that's I got candy it. paint player yeah okay. there you go candy paint with the white on top lambo doors with a so desi um Let's talk about your your uh, your shooting career. What's what's some of your milestones? Some of the the big names you've you've knocked off their tower. Uh, well, there's been some titles along the way, but I believe you're probably referring to uh, her a, checklist. She a, has a checklist. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, so I'll I'll explain this. All right. So she's got a checklist, and the way this works is when she beats a top male competitor. 
she will walk up to you and give you the check signal, okay? Which I didn't know what that was till I was checked. And uh, yeah, that wasn't cool. But so there's one person that hasn't been checked. Can we mention that guy's name? Yes, most of you probably know him and it has been very close. Uh, three times now I've been within one bird of checking him off the list, and that is Mr. Anthony Matteries Jr. Oh, mm. I can't wait till that day because you know he's getting old and slipping. Uh, you're telling me. Oh, I don't know about you're slipping. You're telling me. Oh, yeah. I've been he's, nipping he's at his heels over the there. Hill. Way the last, over the hill. Uh, the last shoot, that was actually at the World English uh, this last year here yeah. in San Antonio, and I was right, right on there. him. Yeah. Uh, actually, the after the first day of the main, I came up to him, and he knows about the checklist. So yeah. So what I'm thinking here, this is probably a bad idea because you know when Anthony gets something in his head, he kind of gets motivated. So we well, just handed him a couple world championships. Uh, yeah, I found that out the hard way. <laughs> right. I right. found that out the hard way. Yeah. I told him that uh, you know I had actually posted a higher score on the first day of the main, and I came up to him. I said, you know, you're you're the only one on the checklist that you know is next up. And he said, oh, that's not going to happen. I said, oh, you just watch this. And I shot. Now, wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. The first day you had a higher score than him? So is that a half check? No. 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 Okay. Okay. No, we can't play halves on this checklist. It's all or nothing. Main event. So so, name some of the the male competitors that have the check. Well, as Kevin has mentioned, he has been checked (laughs) off that list. Zachary, unfortunately, has also been checked off that list. Uh, Cord Cruz, Bill McGuire. Wendell? You, you name them, I've checked them. Wendell got mm. checked? Wendell's been checked. Uh, oh, Our, my goodness. Did, hey, Derek Mine? Yes. David Radulovich? Yes. Wow. I Ooh. have checked the David Radulovich. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> well, that's cool. I have that never is. been checked. I'll go on. You have to shoot to be checked. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> and this is with a one-ounce 1250. It is. With, a, a, with a like a girl gun. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. L. Mm. Yes. Yeah, it's real pretty on the it side. It is pretty. It is a pretty gun. With a girl gun. Yep. Cool. Yep. Cool stuff. So the checklist uh, is is now grown. Um, we are actually getting ready to go overseas again, and that list has just begun. Okay. So, so if I'm going uh, and- to Andr- Andr- aim high, I've got to I gotta go for it all. The digweeds, Andras, who else? Uh, Falls. H- Hutzweight, Falls. Yeah, Damien Bergen. Yeah, yeah, all of them. You might check them all at one time. You never know. Hey, that's the day I'm hoping for. Yeah, that's right. Awesome. Like we really. got the real champ in yeah, here. That's right. <laughs> hey, girls got to dream big, right? Right. That's right. So, what would you what What advice would you give to a girl that's wanting to get into the sport? For a brand new shooter, um, one instruction right away right out of the bat unfortunately working with dad or the boyfriend or the husband usually does not end up well um mostly because we don't like to take instruction from them um secondly equipment um going out with an instructor it ensures that their first experience is a good experience recoil gun fit that's is definitely a factor when it comes to um females in shooting and new new shooters so if they if i can ensure or the instructor can ensure that they have a really good first experience that um you know increases the chances of them coming back and giving it a go again i I got i've got a question so when you sign up for an event all right say you and zach sign up to to shoot an event do y'all 
do y'all sign up together? Do y'all pick y'all's own squad? Do you, is that a given or well, do your own thing? Yeah, that sounds like a simple question. Uh, we're on the road all the time, as you know. So our signups are done from the phone, from the computer, uh, by text message. And no, we don't generally register together at the same time. It's just kind of wherever we're at. So sometimes we'll squad together for convenience, golf cart purposes, um, or, you know, if it's just a fun shoot, we want to hang out together. And then sometimes he may have a squad that he's already put together. Some people have asked to shoot with him, or I might have that same scenario, and we'll end up shooting on different squads. We don't put too much emphasis on that. Um, Do you find yourself shooting better when you're not with him or when you are with him? <laughs> I mean, it makes a difference to some people's I, I wish I wish it was that you know black and white um no it i've shot some of my best scores with him and i've shot some of my best scores without him all right so yeah that, that that's, that's a good topic let's talk about this now you, your girl okay we all know that but most girls are short okay yes. um so when you like at the beginning of the of the round they usually let you um put the scorecards like you like them right so for me, I shoot with uh, Krista Peterson a lot, and she's really short, okay, like <laughs> three foot nothing, okay? So I always put her in front of me so I can see the targets. I can see the targets good. Now, for you, if you got to shoot behind Zach, you're looking under his arm, okay, which can be, a, which can be an issue. Yeah, that can be a really big challenge um, to be able to see targets and certain gun clubs more than others. Yeah. Um, I try not to ever really think about that putting scorecards okay. in order only because i don't always get that option world fee task for example right. my number one shoot this year that, right. that's my goal you don't get the option mm-hmm. you don't get to decide where you shoot and who you shoot behind so i don't always get that luxury and i have to learn how to work around that yep um but yeah if i if i can kind of get the option and usually you know we know who we're squatted with on the yeah, um, because I mean, the, I've, I've shot, shoot. I've shot behind Zach, and I'm literally looking under his arm, which is fine. Yes, and okay, as I'm we all know, it. Zach has a little chicken wing. So, well, that's so why that I can adds, look under the arm. That, that adds another, but see, that adds another obstacle element. for me. Yeah, to look it's around. like left side, not so much wing. Yes. right side, you've got plenty to look yes. at because the wing is up there. You mm-hmm. know, it's flying and like a bird. And then cage size, you know, sometimes those cages are real small, so yeah. I don't get any side view. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. Well, I'm just you know, a lot of people probably had that question i just want to throw that out to be honest i like to shoot behind someone who breaks a lot of targets there you go there you go i already know the answer to it but i i'm gonna ask you this just for the the listeners do you shoot warm up good no i do not shoot warm up uh every once in a while i will i'll maybe shoot a make break just to kind of feel the gun go off a little bit but i never have put an emphasis or need um to a warm-up Again, major reason, world fee task. You may not have that option or any shoot for that reason. Right. You may not have the option or the opportunity to warm up. And I never, ever want to have to rely on that warm up in order to feel comfortable and ready for the round to start. Yeah, I need to be able a, to pull the gun out of the gun sleeve, step on the cage. Well, that was a great question. That's hard. Go from yeah, zero to 100. On what about you, Kim? One. All right. So, yeah. That, I mean, I like the question. All right. So, for um, years... I was the guy that had to shoot three boxes before I went out there, okay? Or whatever, okay? Um, Maybe a case, whatever it took (laughs) to feel good about it. Matter of fact, um, me and Zach have talked about this a pretty good bit, and he's made me late a couple times, which made me mad. But um, So now, literally, I don't shoot a warm-up. I may shoot one. All right, say we go to a brand-new club that I've never been to. I may shoot one practice round on Wednesday, but 
leading up to it, you know, I just go out there and shoot. Now, I used to think uh, my practice round was going to be uh, what my score is going to be on the course, and that's not true. Okay? So, with that being said, did you ever have in mind what you were shooting? For example, softer targets or tougher targets right. for warm-up, or were you just pulling the trigger? No, basically I was pulling the trigger, and if it – all right, so basically uh, – a lot of guys that shoot, shoot off a of feel. Okay, what I mean by that is how you're feeling that day, how the gun feels when Your you timing. mount it. What's that? Your timing. Timing, all that, right? So sometimes you pick up the gun, and I don't care who you are, okay? That day is just in your day. You feel like you just picked up a 2 by 4 and it's a custom stock made to you, okay? So if you go shoot a practice round that day with that feeling and you go up there and break 12 out of 25, you're not going to be real confident going into that, that course. So... uh I just kind of left that behind, you know. I just go shoot shoot the targets, and uh, heck, we shoot enough and see enough targets. We ought to know what we're doing, right? Yeah, and anytime I if I do warm up, I, I personally like to shoot something a little softer. Oh, I agree. I like to shoot some nice fluffy targets. I want to see them break, and I want to see them break really hard before I get out there. It builds my confidence up a little bit. I, I agree. Yeah, and, and that goes back to this. You know, people ask uh, how you start the year off, and – I'm with you. When I start the year off, come off duck season, I go to the easy side. Like, we shoot, I shoot at the Meadows. That's my home course. And I'll go to the easy side and shoot it three or four times before I go shoot anything challenging. Go try, just try to feel confident, hang a number, you know. And uh, we got to throw a shout-out to our boy Chad Rogers at the Meadows. We're setting great targets every week. We appreciate you, Chad. Thanks, Becky, for running that show in the office there. There you go. Thank you, Becky. Great place to shoot. If you hadn't been to the Meadows – Right in the middle of Georgia, you need to go because it is very – It's Rick Hemingway owns a place. It's very clean. They're very friendly, and uh, they'll help you in any way that they can. So, uh, we enjoy going there to shoot. Yep. Uh, I got I got a question about a gun. <clears throat> if you was to – I'm the one that always asks the questions about if you were and what would you do. If you were to tell someone that is starting out, what 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 gun would you recommend to someone that's starting out? Right off the bat, automatic. A gas-operated automatic. I'm not a big fan of inertia-operated automatics. A semi-automatic shotgun. Back in the day, uh, the Beretta 390, 391 ruled, ruled the clay target world. Now they have the A400 series that's come out. Man, woman, uh, older gentleman, young kid, a Beretta automatic is the only way to go starting out. It's a great value you have low recoil and you learn the basics of shotgun shooting without breaking the bank right I, i'm gonna you know first of all you all know that i'm a Krieg off guy uh have been for the last 10 years but starting out you know all of us all of us um starting out you know 20 years ago we shot autos and it's just uh when you start out and you're a kid uh you know Shooting the auto is a little more forgiving, a little less recoil, and, and like Desi said, you're way, not you're not breaking your dad's wallet. Way more fun too. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Beretta just come out with an A300 sporting? Uh, yeah. So the A300 model has been out for a while. They had the A300 Outlander, which was their hunting model, and then the yes, they just recently came out with the A300 sporting. So it's got a slightly wider rib, a little different look on the receiver. Um, and it is a f- true wood stock. Yeah, did on that your did your boy event. Zach help on that a little bit? Yes, oh. Zachary did. He's a gun designer now. 
Zach, he's a very techie guy when it comes to shooting. Um, and he's been around a while, as you know. He's, oh, a he's long getting time. up there in age. Yeah, I remember so when he had He's like the... my encyclopedia of shooting information. He's yeah. been there and shot it and seen it. That's right. And I mean, I remember when he had the huge modified mullet. The the days when you know he I had liked the, that long hair. Did you like dogging that? On I mean, him. it was. I mean, if hey, if I could grow it, I'd be Dude, there. You like, know. You, I mean, you've already got the mullet thing going. We just don't <laughs> see the thing out the back. Yeah. So Zach went from designing hats now to designing guns. That's good stuff. That's there good you go. stuff. Well, you yeah. know, when a lot of people wear his hat and a lot of people shoot that gun, so yeah, I guess I he's, agree. He's Zach is a big guys. influence on the sport. Big time. I've asked Zach several times to get me a hat, and he won't get me one. We all have the same size head, triple XL. But back to that automatic talk, that's been a long, long time discussed um, argument. Um, why do more people not shoot automatics? Why do you not see them around anymore? There's a lot of different opinions on that. Yeah, but at the end is. of the day, more people have won. Well, I shouldn't say that. There have been a lot of national championships sure. and a lot of world championships won with an automatic. And I agree. And people have forgotten that maybe a little bit, and maybe it's a status thing. It you is. know, the aesthetics with the over-unders. And it seems like a lot of these new uh, new shooters up and coming, especially the youth, they've kind of they've got this um, kind of goal and, or dream in their mind of getting this, you know, nice over-under that they've, you know, wanted right. since they first started shooting. But the reality is they shoot an automatic – better yeah. than they would ever shoot an over-under. Right. Yep. Justin, so. you're new to the game, relatively new. What What was your first gun? A400. Second gun? Uh, Kriegoff. <laughs> yeah. Same gun as you shoot now? Yeah. If Desi, do you think if everyone could go back to their 20-year-old guns, do you think the scores would stay the same? Lower or, or go higher? I definitely think the scores would increase. No doubt about it. Mm. Shoot 108. Mm. There's a topic. There's a topic. Mm. I do. I definitely think the scores would increase. I mean, I can think right off the top of my head. Anthony Matarese, Cord Cruz, uh, and, uh, Tony Rivera, Bobby Fowler used to shoot automatic. They've all won national championships with an automatic. Right. Uh, I believe you had David recently on the show here. Uh, yep. That was his first gun. That's right. Red automatic. It was. Well, I think every it, well. Everybody's first of all, let's clarify this. If there's an automatic to own, it, it would be the Beretta, okay? And uh, I think that's what most guys started out with. It's a reasonably priced gun, and it's uh, for an auto, it's dependable. Now, let's talk about being dependable. I think the big reason why a lot of the name shooters now shoot over and unders is the dependability dependability part. Um, an auto is going to break on you. I don't care who makes it. Jam. Well, it's, it's going to get dirty. Something's going to break. Um, so, literally, um, these these over and unders now that we shoot, whether you pick a Beretta or a Kriegoff or whatever, you know, you can literally go the whole year and shoot 20,000 rounds and the gun is flawless. Yeah. Okay. So, that's what we're looking for. All right. Um, we're looking for something that's not going to break in the middle of the course because, I mean, yeah. to be honest with you, when I fly wherever... I take one gun, okay? I don't take any parts. I don't. I just go, and I, I you know, I'm comfortable right. that nothing's going to happen, you know. So with an auto, you had better carry two. Yeah, that, that's and, the only thing. And I, I'm, I'm maybe, you know, misspeaking here a little bit when I say this, but we, de I feel like we definitely shoot a lot more now than yeah. we did in the past. Mm -hmm. um, so the quantity factor yeah. definitely comes into play. That's right. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Also, a lot of the top shooters now are sponsored. Well, all right, let's, this is a great topic. All right, 
So l- let's talk about this for a minute. Let's clarify this sponsored deal, okay? A lot of people throw out there that they're sponsored, okay? And there's a whole different level of sponsorship. We had a question about shell sponsors, didn't we? Okay, so there's a lot of different levels of that. Um, anywhere from, hey, I'll give you a shirt, to, hey, I'll give you unlimited flats of shells. Now, that unlimited flats of shells is a very, very, very small percentage of shooters out there, okay? We're talking how many people out there in sporting? Less than 10, maybe 10. So, you know, what we want to clarify is this whole deal about this uh, this sponsorship that people like to throw around that they're sponsored. If you think about the number of shotgun shooters out there shooting sport and clays and less than 10 of them have a legit shell sponsor, that's not a very big, it's not a very big group of guys. Okay. Or girls. Okay. Girls. The major factor I think of when I think of sponsorship uh, and I was, uh, Zach and I were on the road a lot and we listened to a lot of podcasts, sports podcasts. And actually one of the sports podcasts that Colin Cowherd was talking about work, what you do for a job. Okay. Yeah. In the shooting world, not very many people shoot for a living. No. I can count them on less than yeah. one hand. Right. Okay. So if that is my job, mm-hmm. a sponsorship has a definite meaning yeah. to it. Well, they get something As, out of it, and you get something out yes, of it. Yes, it right. is your job. You mm-hmm. go to work. Okay. Yeah, and that's right. your job as a shooter or a sponsored shooter is to promote product and win at the end of the day. Yeah. Okay. So for a lot of people out there where shooting is a hobby, sponsorship, the term, the definition of that gets really muted. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's maybe where the, in my opinion, where the determining factor comes into play. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, I've seen people actually sacrifice score to try to get a sponsorship. And I don't believe that's the way to go after it. I think you need to pick the, pick the gun or uh, product you are satisfied with and you think you can shoot your best score with. And if you do your job, they're going to come after you, which as I, I think that's the only way to go. If you go hunt a sponsor and you, you're constantly bothering them, it's not going to work out well for, for you. But if you just show the results, they're going to come to you, which is the way to go. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, that's a, a, a business decision. So as my job, as my work, I would never sacrifice my ability to succeed and win. Otherwise, we wouldn't keep score for that. Mm -hmm. However, with that being said, I will always choose a product that I believe in. Right. Mm -hmm. No matter the outcome. Yeah. So if I don't believe in the product and its dependability and its customers, their customer service and, you know, the quality of it, I wouldn't choose that sponsorship over something else. Right. Right. That's good. Because, I mean, I think that sponsorship thing gets thrown around a lot and... I just laugh sometimes when I when I listen to this different stuff. You know, I'm I'm happy for everybody that gets a shirt or or, or whatever or, or a hundred thousand dollars a year, whatever you get. Okay, but you know, a lot of people that are out there trying to get these sponsorships, they have to understand how limited it really is. There's not a whole lot out there going around, not a lot. And let's talk. Can we touch on the gun sponsorships like you just did, sure, Michelle? Sure. How, how does that work for the people that don't know or are curious about that? Okay. I, I know um, that you got to be a good shooter just like you do with shells. but I mean. A lot of the time. All right. So there's a couple different ways to go about that. Um, so there's a, we're not going to name companies. Okay. Because I don't want right, to, I'm, I'm not going to step on anybody's toes, but I know a lot of how this works. Um, a lot of this is, uh, a lot of stuff is incentive based. Okay. So pretty much they put it on you. All right. So you go, 
show results. First question. Yeah. Do they give you a gun or do you uh, have to buy a gun or do they? Oh, no, 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 no. Now, if you, well, it depends on what. Yeah, that's, that's, that's another good question. All right. So. It's tiered. The, yeah. Yeah, the, it is tiered. Absolutely. It's tiered, but you're not going to just show up one day shooting a 391, win a tournament, and they go hand you a Kriegoff. Okay. <laughs> you know, generally how it works is you pick the gun you like. For me, we'll talk about me. Okay. In uh, 2009, uh, they came out with a Pro Sporter, and I decided I was going to shoot it. Okay? What were you shooting you, before that? I was shooting a 391 with the DeVault rib. And okay. you purchased. Yes, that gun. I bought that gun. I literally sold a four Remington 1100s. Bought the gun from Paxton Arms. Okay, went and shot the gun. Great, right out of the box. Never touched it. Didn't do anything I think to you it. Won put, your first tournament. Put pure goals in it. So first tournament to kill 198 out of 200 at t- Tennessee State. Okay, went to. Uh, Two other shoots, zone and turkey shoot or something else, won that. And then uh, went to nationals and actually 2009, 2009 was the uh, first nationals I ever went to, okay? And uh, ended up tied for third with Scott Robertson and Anthony Matarese. Got beaten the shoot off, uh, sat down in the bleachers wearing my Beretta vest and Dieter Kriegoff came up and put his arm around me and said, call me Monday morning. I want to talk about this. So basically what I'm getting at is... You didn't go to them. They came no. To you. you chose a product that you believe in. Yes, that's right. And they came to you. That's right. Yep. So on to, on to the spot, the rest of it. I mean, yeah. you're not, sometimes you get a gun, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you get a shirt. Am I right? Or right. Wrong? Yeah, there's different tiers. Um, there's different tiers. I, I would say every company... Okay, so let's talk about Beretta. Uh, they probably have, you know, let's talk about the real numbers. They probably got Americans three or four, okay? Kriegoff's got same thing, four or five, somewhere in there at different tiers. They probably got two or three at the highest. Uh, Cesar Greeny. Um, Blazer. Blazer. Blazer's got a little more. Well, they did have a whole lot, um, but I think they're, they, they've tiered off a little on that. They, they still have a pretty good, they still got a pretty good force of shooters there. But again, usually the way it works is a lot of these companies they'll they'll give you something guaranteed. We don't know what it might be, uh, product points or maybe a gun, and then they've got an incentive deal over the year that you bank points or whatever you do, whatever that company decides to do, and you spend it on their products or whatever. But again, that's really really limited on on how many people that is. Really limited. So at the end yeah. of the day, it just sounds like you just need to go out and do your best. Well, that's what you in a. That's if right. You deserve it. You'll get it. That's right. You'll get it. Yeah. A lot of the sponsorship, what um, a lot of these new kind of, well, up and coming shooters or shooters that have been in the game for, you know, three, four years have to understand that just like a, a sponsorship, think of it as, you know, an employment. Okay. When a, co- a company, some are big and some are small. Some of these gun manufacturers don't actually produce that many guns per year. So it's kind of like a salary cap. Think about it that. Okay, so some teams have big salary cap and some teams have small salary cap. Right. So some companies have a lot to work with and some have less. Right. So how important to them is that marketing, okay? So the longevity factor for a shooter proves. It's, it's a tried and true proven marketing tool, yep. okay? advertisement if you're an instructor pushing product that way right okay basically your brand naming they're branding you yeah and you're supporting them okay and a lot of times you can only show that and prove that over a period of long period of time 
Right. And the other thing that I think is a big deal that a lot of people don't put much emphasis in is the personality. Okay. I think, uh, yeah, you've got to be a great shot. Okay. Well, we all agree with that. But you also have to have, you've got to be a people person. You've got to be somebody somebody can come talk to. You know, you've got to be able to hang out, you know, laugh with them, talk to them, and they're, you know, they feel good about it. And there's some guys out there that just don't have that. They don't have that side, which is fine. Everybody's different. But I think that a sponsor is looking for somebody that's going to be able to communicate with the crowd and have a good time and, you know, make their product look good. Yeah. You have been dubbed the people's champ for years. Well, thank, I think you came up with that. Yeah. All yeah. right. Everybody so loves getting like serious talking <laughs> about ever. guns and that sort of thing, sponsorship. Uh, let's talk about something fun we did earlier this year down in South Florida at the Rollins Brown Ranch. Uh, so we decided, uh, I think it was, who was there? It was me, Zach, Desi, Rollins, Kimball. Uh, Ronna was there. Uh, Krista. We decided to go bow fishing. Okay. Uh, and if you've never done this, you need to really try it. Um, Desi, what'd you think about bow fishing? Well, that was definitely a, a first experience for me. <laughs> right? So a little backstory. I'll, a lot of these shoots we go to, we travel in a big old posse. That's right. Um, and at every shoot we go to, we always find to seem to find something interesting and fun that usually one of us has never done before. <laughs> that was definitely me on that trip. Right. I've never shot a bow in my life. Yes, I'm from Alaska. No, I've never shot a bow. Right, right, yeah, and uh, so we were shooting uh, tilapia that were spawning, and so they're basically a big, huge, three or four pound goldfish swimming around in the water, and you whack them with a bow, and it was awesome. So we killed, how many did we kill? A lot. Well, yeah, we had to clean a whole lot of them, too. Yeah, and that didn't, yeah, Rollins Brown, if you're listening, you need some fillet knives that work. And okay. let me tell you what, bow fishing looks easy, and that is not, it is not easy to do. It is not. You know, The first day we went out, I must have shot that bow 30 times, and I didn't hit a single right, fish. Not right. a skim off of the fin, nothing. Right, because it's like, unlike a target, you got to, like, try to miss the fish to hit it. Like, you got to aim so far under yeah, him. It's like shooting Focus. a high, high rib. <laughs> nothing like no, shooting a high rib. No, it's even... It's, <laughs> No. Well, actually, kind of the opposite of shooting a high rib. Right. <laughs> to be yeah, honest with you, we yeah. want to talk shooting there. Yeah. Okay, you are shooting so far underneath this fish yes. that you're thinking, there is no way that this arrow is going to go into this fish. Right. And sure enough. And then all of a sudden, you put one through it. It is pretty cool. And pretty it cool. is an adrenaline rush. Because so, the arrow goes up. Well, I think it's the refraction of the water, the way you're looking down in yeah. there. Because if, if you just stick a piece of wood or an arrow in the water... It looks broken. I don't know if you've ever right. done that before. Okay, so that's right. the sight picture you're getting when you actually shoot at the fish. So you've got to aim under him to hit him, or what you think is under him. I guess it's right at him, realistically. I should have put a laser pointer, because it'll <laughs> refract. And Yeah, you know, we that's thought about idea. that after we've been fishing for three days. Right, so, right, right. But hit, yeah, it's a lot like shooting where the visual aspect is uh, very tricky to learn at yeah. first. But And uh, I'm glad we didn't hit any more, because uh, me and Desi had to clean all those, and it was a pain yeah so the end of the day uh zach was over there shooting all the fish and um and he, he just didn't want to yeah, he just he didn't want to quit so then kevin and i showed up yep. there at the house and we, and we got it. a whole bucket of tilapia and let me tell you what those suckers are tough they're tough to clean but guess when zach showed back up when they were clean when, when they the came right off hot. the grease that's what i'm they talking about they came right off that. the grease and the ketchup hit the counter and there was zach i was like look at there i'll be dang <laughs> there he is i like zach <laughs> <laughs> Every, right, t- cool. every time I get around Zach, we go eat. Right. Yeah, I'm ready to go eat. I got you. He is a connoisseur of food. So tell us what you, what do you do up in uh, Alaska when you, if you go back or when you were there or whatever? What's what's fun to do up there? Uh, 
Does it everything? stay? Does it stay dark year round or like? No. Whatever people say. So Anchorage, uh, the city that I'm from, there it's pretty much the only city there in Alaska that most people know of. Um, it's uh, fairly south. It's almost all the way towards the bottom of Alaska, and in the summertime, the sun probably. S- uh, it doesn't fully set, but it gets real dusk, probably about three o'clock in the morning. And then about five o'clock in the morning, it's all bright again. So the summertime is days and days and days of as much as you want to do. It never gets dark. So actually, when I first started shooting, we would do a night league out there. And we could shoot with no, you know, noise, noise violations or anything. We could shoot 1030, 11 o'clock at night, bright daylight. Right. So when you go back now during the summer, whenever whenever y'all go, I know y'all go about every year, y'all go fishing, right? Yes. Now, do you have to, now when you're there, do you actually, I mean, I've heard this, do you actually have to bait Zach's hook for him or how does that work? I know you clean them. No, he, he has a, a special fish call, and they oh. just seem to swim right up to oh, the boat. Oh, he's got a call. And we just stick a net See? in the water. So now he's designed hats, guns, and fish calls. Okay, we're good now. Awesome, yeah. awesome. That is great. What All does right. a fish call sound no, like? No, that, that's undercover. We're going to release that later. Yeah, I, I We still might make money off this. I still haven't perfected that one yet. Yeah, so. Pat, yeah. patent uh, pending. But yeah. for those of you interested, bucket list, uh, who want to go to Alaska, Definitely the end of July, beginning of August. That's fishing season up there. Um, reds, silvers, halibut, you name it, you can catch it. Um, the weather is great. The bugs aren't too bad. <laughs> you got a local gun club there you want to give a shout out? We got listeners there, right? Yeah, we've got basically we've got two gun clubs out, uh, out there in Alaska that are uh, the bigger ones. It's Birchwood Recreational Shooting Park. That's just outside of Anchorage. And Grouse Ridge was actually my home club, and that's out in Wasilla, Sarah Palin country. There you go, Grouse Ridge. And Grouse it is Ridge. one of the prettiest gun clubs I've ever been to. Um, and you better have your walking shoes on because we don't Sarah got no golf carts pa- out there. you ever see Sarah Palin there? Oh, yeah. We were uh, real good friends. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Barbecues all the time. Y- y'all graduated different high schools yeah. together? Yeah, yeah we go, we go, we go look at Russia, you know, from our backyard. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Grouse Ridge. <laughs> yep, yep. I'll do it. Creek Golf Nation. <laughs> All right, Alex. What's your? You need a statement. We're about to close the show. What, what's what's like the Alaskan that? assassin is out. Right. Just what's your final words? Final word. Flat ribs for life. Flat rib nation. Hashtag flat rib nation. Hashtag. Check us out on Facebook at Behind the Break. Check us out on our website, BehindTheBreak.com. If you have any questions, send them to us. We'll try to answer as much as we can, and we appreciate you being here. This is all the time we've got for today. We would like to thank Desi for being here in the studio with us in Macon, Georgia. Uh, I think she uh, she definitely answered a lot of questions that we had. Killed it. And uh, we appreciate you being here. Absolutely. Thanks Thank for having me out, guys. Thanks, all Desi. Right. Well, that's all the time we've got, and we'll talk to you next time. You a special little freak to me, girl, so you can go get cheese. I ain't trippin' on it. Think they try to do a bit, cause it is on the way.